there was ever a weird time to be an urbanist, it might be right now. Let's, let's be real about that. We could talk all day about COVID-19 and, and, and the coronavirus and, and, and what's happening. Social distancing was just extended uh, by the federal government until at least April 30th. There's, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, you know, and, and I've talked a lot about what's going to happen when this is done, when the, the, the devastation. Experts are saying that probably 25% of restaurants will be left. That means 75% of restaurants and bars will go by the wayside uh, in the wake of this. I'm sure our economy will recover. I'm sure our cities, our communities will recover. But what is it going to look like? I'm not talking about the short term. I'm not talking about the fact that you know, our, 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 the, the things that, are, that have made our, our downtowns, our, our cities, you know, uh, feel alive again. The breweries, the, the, the trendy coffee shops, the restaurants, the, uh, you know, the, the, the wonderful kind of unique experiences that, that cities have, have reimagined themselves uh, with. Um, a lot of that's going to be gone at the end of this. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what is going to happen as a result uh, of, of this virus long term, how are our cities, how are our communities going to look different long term? We're, we're probably not just going to go back to the way things were. And that's why urbanism is really, really interesting right now. We're going to take a quick break. I'll catch you on the other side and we'll address that. So long term, when this coronavirus thing is over or, or a- adequately mitigated, what is going to happen? What is going to be the long term landscape for our cities? Because quite frankly, I, I, I have a couple theories on this. The coronavirus and what's happening as a result may be the final nail in the coffin for brick and mortar retail. And there's a positive side of this. One, it will probably mean the end for malls. Malls have been on the decline for a very long time. And I think people are going to want to go back to normal life for a while after this, right? I think people, I think you're going to want to see people get back to some semblance of normalcy. But I think that will be brief. I think that will last for six months. I think after that, people may ultimately, for right or wrong, embrace this delivery slash ship to me slash Amazon Prime slash Grubhub culture. I I believe that we're going to see people get comfortable with this. I think our economy was going this direction as it was. This whole, you know, stay at home, order, order in thing or pick up curbside thing, take out. I think I think this is where we were going. I think this is where our world was going. Our nation was going. And I think this is just going to kind of speed that up. I think that's this has accelerated uh, our, our comfortability in that. It, we're being forced to choose something that we may have, I would say, we're being forced to 
adjust our lives and and, and choose something that that uh, well isn't really a choice right now, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, no, we're we're choosing a lifestyle that, to be honest, is probably going to be our ultimate choice. Um, you know, maybe five, ten years from now, maybe maybe less. We're 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 making that switch now. We're being forced to. We don't really have a choice. And I think that that's going to. This was inevitable. I think this is going to happen, like it or not, right or wrong. What's happening now is just sped that whole process up. It's just advanced it five years, seven years, whatever. So what does that mean? What does that mean for brick and mortar? What does that mean for the small shop? It's interesting, you know, again, I think I think we're going to see malls, you know, take their final plunge. But I think we're also going to see brick and mortar shops suffer the same fate. Maybe even restaurants. Maybe people will get so comfortable with the idea of being home with their families instead of going out to eat. Maybe couples will realize that, uh, you know, a night of uh, Netflix and order out, uh, of you know, in, in Grubhub is better than, you know, a night out on the town. You know, dressing up and driving and parking and, and whatever. I'm not saying anything's, these things are good or bad. I'm just saying what's likely to happen here. We have to be prepared as urbanists to look at what's going to happen long-term as a result of this. How is, how is society going to change? How are our preferences going to change? Were they already changing? Were they already moving in this direction? Were we fighting something that might have been inevitable and has just been accelerated? We, we're going to have to really, really dig in and look at what happens to our cities and what people are going to prefer in our cities because the script has just been rewritten. And I, I'm talking as if we're going to move past this, and I do believe that. I, I, I have all the hope in the world that we will move past this. This is a horrific, horrific, um, uh, you know, uh, pandemic. The health concerns are 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 ridiculous. This this thing is so contagious, and it has the potential to be deadly. And it will be deadly for a, a huge uh, portion of this population. The economic impact will be just as catastrophic. I'm never going to pay, compare anything to the end of human life. Um, you know, they're, they're predicting several hundred thousand people in the United States may die from this. <clears throat> and I, I think that, I, honestly, if you look at numbers, I think that's being, I think it's being safe. I think I think a lot of people are going to die from this. So I will never compare uh, economic impact to the impact of human life, because you can't that's you can't compare that. So life will always be more important to me anyway. But the economic impact is going to devastate lives. It's going to devastate investments. People who invested in their community because they believe in building a strong community through small business. Well, small business is going to be absolutely devastated by this. The question is, when it comes to the point of reinvestment, are people going to be reinvesting in the same thing as they used to? Is that smart? I, I, don't, I don't really know. <clears throat> I, here's what I think is going to be interesting. You're going to see if, if the whole online shopping experience or the whole online experiential experience, whatever that means, live music, whatever, if that was something that was gaining in popularity or or the technology was getting better and better, you're going to see that explode now. 
because companies are uh, online companies are going to exploit this. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's, now is their time to to say, here's what we can do for shoppers who don't want to leave their home, for people who want to order in, for uh, people that want something uh, from a craft shop next day. We, I want to, you know, if, if there's a there's a very smart person in the world right now, they're going to find a way for you to take a virtual walk through uh, like a virtual, you know, craft store. Uh, you know, I think of, you know, some, we have some wonderful shops here in Rochester that sell, uh, you know, goods from local artists and, and, and makers and creators. And, and I love that. Is that going to be sustainable after this? Are people just going to want to stay in that much more and shop that much less at brick and mortar stores and drive and walk and park? Are people going to be more averse to that than they ever have been? Is is having that online presence, even for the very small gift shop, is that going to be important, more important now than ever? Is being able to display your product online and sell your product online in a kind of a virtual store experience going to be more important than actually having brick and mortar? And how, if those stores aren't there, if those little pieces aren't there, if Rochester doesn't have its... It's uh, it's Park Lee or it's Little Button Craft or, you know, the, the countless other wonderful stores. I, I love both of those places with all my heart and soul. <clears throat> but let's say those aren't there. You're taking away a, a huge piece of character. You're, you're taking away, uh, you know, an ability for artists to display their work and sell their work and make a living. You're taking away a, an element of uniqueness that adds something to our city, a flavor and a vibe and an excitement and an energy, and yet a piece of continuity to our cities. You know, take a walk down to Park Lee, right? Well, what if that's not there? What are our cities going to look like if places like that that add substance aren't there? They, it's no longer economical to go brick and mortar. What do we put there? What do we do? How do we talk about that? How do we address that? What is the next step past brick and mortar for our cities if indeed uh, the, the trend ends up going in that direction where everybody orders everything online or at least double what they used to? <clears throat> Even though that was trending upward again uh, previously, uh, now I think that's going to even be, be further accelerated. And what about food? You going to open a, a gourmet restaurant or you going to open a restaurant now in, with a quarter of the space that produces the same amazing food and gets it to the, you there quickly uh, to your to your apartment or your home quickly and easily. Imagine having a high-end meal made for you and then quickly thrown in a in a in some sort of container that that preserves it, preserves the heat, preserves the flavor whatever and zooms it to your your house uh, 10 minutes away. You know, it's not quite the the night out, but think about it. If you're a restaurant owner and you you maximize this and you did this well, instead of having, you know, a high-end dining spot uh, where people could come, you could minimize your overhead like crazy. Not having to pay for as much space, just basically a kitchen and a and a delivery in and out area. Holy cow. You could get really creative with it. Imagine a restaurant like Nosh or Good Luck or something like that, but there was no place to sit. It was just about the food. It was about the experience of, of, of eating good food. You could charge less. You could make more. Imagine what that would look like. 
But what does that mean for our cities? Our cities are ultimately infrastructure. I mean, I always say our cities are about people. They are about people. The infrastructure is secondary. But still, what does that mean about density? What does that mean about space? What does that mean about mixed use? What good is mixed use if there's nothing to go on the bottom floor that's going to attract walk-in customers? You know, what, what, what is that? What, what's going there then? Offices? That's boring. It's not going to activate. It's not going to do anything. I don't have a solution for this. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll think about this more and more. But we, we, we have to, as urbanists, start looking at what our cities are going to look like when this is all over. When I say all over, I mean a year and a half from now, two years from now, when hopefully this virus has been mitigated and contained, and hopefully life has gotten back to normal and people are socializing again and getting out there and experiencing their cities again. And, and, and But, uh, you know, those things will both hopefully happen. But it's after that. What's going to happen after that? After the excitement of victory over this virus, how is society going to be changed forever? I think it's going to be changed drastically. I think people are going to get really, really, really comfortable with staying home. They're going to go out right after this, this is done. Whenever people can go out to the bars again, oh my gosh. The restaurants and bars that are left, they will make money hand over fist. And what about a year after that? Are people, once the celebration is over, once the victory is done, are people going to go, you know what? I was perfectly fine eating in. I was perfectly fine not going to mobbed bars and bars and restaurants. I was fine with that. Let's let's order in tonight, even more so than we did before. We grubhubbed, you know, once a week before. Maybe we grubhub three times a week. What's that going to look like for our cities? What is that going to mean for the infrastructure in our cities? The buildings. Are we just going to have empty storefronts that used to be shops and bars and 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 restaurants? Where people, the only the only action they get is when people run in and run out for thirty seconds to pick up their food and pay their bill, or delivery guy, uh, you know, comes out and gets in his car. What's the next step for our cities? This might be the single most transformative uh, thing to ever happen to our cities. Not in the short term, not after the not during the celebration, but after that, we're going to see a societal shift that may have been coming already, but has been accelerated by five to 10 years. We better pre be prepared to deal with that, whatever that may be. We better start thinking of what that could look like now. This is gonna change us forever. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be safe, stay indoors, take care, be well.